Father God, we come before you right now, Lord, and just want to thank you, Father, for this day. Oh, Father God, it's, it's been a very blessed day for me, God, and for many others, God. I just want to, as we read your word, God, it's uh, don't become like the lazy man part two, as we first talked about in the first episode, God. I just pray, Father God, that whoever's listening, whoever's hearing this, God, that it be uh, spiritual food given to them freely, Father God, that they get uh they get as much as they can out of the scriptures of Proverbs 26, Father God. And as Father, I just want to thank you so much for what you're doing in my life and what you're doing to many others, God. And us being a living vessel for you, God, and testimonies and, and evidence of proof, God, that you do exist, Father God. And I just pray right now, Holy Spirit, that you come in this place right now and that you just bring the anointing towards everybody, God. Let your light shine, Father God, through each and one of us, God, that are calling to do your will according to your word. And the scripture says, Father God, to preach the gospel to every living creature. And I pray right now in the mighty name of Jesus, Holy Spirit, have your way with me right now and take control over this vessel, God, and speak through my mouth, God. Use me, Father God, for your kingdom and your glory and everything belongs to you, Father God. And I give it all to you. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. So we're going to go ahead and read about, don't become the like the lazy man part two and 26 of Proverbs is the chapter. And we're going to go over some, uh, underline a couple of the verses, and we're going to talk about certain situations in our life that, that um, if we become lazy in the word of God, this is the consequences and this is the actions and the attitude towards what a lazy man is. And, and so we're going to go ahead and read a couple of the scriptures. And so today in verses uh, 13 through 16, and, this, and the word of God reads like this. The lazy man says there is a lion in the road. A fierce lion is in the streets. Verse 14, as a door turns on its hinges, so does the lazy man on his bed. Verse 15, the lazy man buries his hand in the bowl. It wearies him to bring it back to his mouth. Verse 16, the lazy man is wiser in his own eyes than seven men who can answer sensibly. And you see right there, we're going to go ahead and break a little bit of down in the scriptures of those verses. So there in the verse 13 says, the lazy man says there's a lion in the road. A fierce lion is in the streets. So talking about in that scripture, it is, uh, it's kind of, it's basically like this. It's the boy who cried wolf. It's about the boy who, who points out the situation. You know, there's many times in the situations we've been in that I can say for myself that, uh, that, um, becomes so lazy. And this can take a place, a role in your job. When you see something happening in the in a in a situation where uh, you're you're just saying you're calling it out, but you're not being a a doer to handle the problem. I mean, you're right there. So why should you not take care of it? Why should you become lazy? It's like a. It's like um. Sitting in a, it's kind of like basically like this. You know, the laziness being in the house. It's kind of like saying, oh, there's a burglar in my house. Somebody handle that. But you're in that situation. You're right there. 
so you become like this lazy type person that just doesn't want to do anything. You, you are in the midst of situations and problems. You don't want to, you don't want to handle anything. You know, there's the reason that symbolization of a lion is in the road is the symbolization of an issue and a problem in your life that you you have to handle it. You gotta take the you gotta take initiative into the situation. Instead, you become like the the lazy man that just sits down on a couch and doesn't want to do anything. You become like the boy who cried wolf, and eventually, on situations in your life. You're going to encounter dangerous things in your life. Dangerous for your soul. I realized that uh, many times I will call out on situations and say this or that. And, you know, um, just doesn't benefit, doesn't help me. I, I've been there and been stuck. It sucks, but you. Uh, but what I'm trying to tell you in that just that one scripture is. I mean, man, be a doer, not a not a lazy person. Man, stop letting the enemy pump you with fear. Where you just say, "There's," where you say, "There's a lion in the road, a fierce lion's in the streets." You're scared. Be about it, not. Just, like, just take initiative in the situation. Help somebody. It's like pointing out, saying, look, somebody's stuck in the railroad and that train's coming. Well, you're right there. You can save that person by jumping in the problem and taking them out. Before that train is like the fierce lion that comes and tries to attack you. It's like a... Lion that cut, that's in the middle of the road, ready to devour the village. And you're the one with the weapon. What are you going to do when Satan comes at you like a roaring lion? You're going to pray and you're going to get in the word of God? Or you're just going to be lazy and call out the problem and let the enemy come walking right in your doors and rob you, steal you, kill you, destroy you in everything in every way. Just because you just speak about it. Like the boy who cried wolf. But you don't want to handle it. The way God wants you to handle it. The way he shows you to handle it. It's by prayer. Let me tell you something. Prayer works. There's not one vessel on this earth that cannot deny it. That cannot say that power in prayer does not exist and it does not work. Because it does. I've been in situations where I do not ask or question God why did they happen in my life but I give Jesus praise I don't become like that lazy person who always cries wolf in my situations I gotta take initiative and action Satan's tactics and cleverness and all his deceitfulness and all the schemes he does towards around me should not surprise me anymore I've been in that experience of bad situations. And I should not be like the lazy man, like a boy who cries wolf all the time. Because eventually, no one's going to take you serious anymore. And that's what draws believers away. 
They can't do anything anymore for you because you want to be like that person. You want to be lazy. You want to be just like that person not want to do anything. And they're trying to help you to get out of your laziness. It's like when your parents, I remember my grandma would tell me, I don't have to tell you to take out the trash. I remember learning as an example here, if you can understand this, is you, you see a trash full of trash. I remember my grandma said, what's in there? Trash. Okay. Is it full? Yes. Then take it out. It's not going to get up on its two legs and walk right out. I'm trying to teach you something here. Whoever's listening, I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to teach you something. I've been in situations like this. It's kind of like saying someone needs to take the trash out, but there you are and you're in the presence of that trash can. You need to take it out. Same thing in your spiritual walk with Jesus. There's so much garbage in you. You need to bring it out. You need to confess to God your sins. Come clean with the Lord, man. I promise you, he'll forgive you. He'll give you new life. And that's through Jesus. You can't find any other path around. Only one way, and that's the path. And the truthful way is through Jesus Christ. No one can go to the Father except through him. You're given new life, new creation. Your spirit. Spiritual bondage connects you back to God. But God doesn't want you to become like the lazy person in this life. He doesn't want you to become lazy in your labor, in your work. If you're a man that's married, go the second mile because of Jesus. Go the second mile for your family. Because your family and your household is the ministry first. To guide them, to teach them about the things and the ways of Christ. I promise you, brothers and sisters... If you're a married couple listening right now, I encourage you to listen and to hear what the good news of the Lord is saying. But also, there's consequences if you don't. I'm not trying to scare anybody. But the hell that's in you is if enough to scare the hell out of you. Thank you, Jesus. I remember times uh, I've been like that boy who cries wolf. Begging for help. Asking for help. But when that help comes... I push it away because it's not the help that I expected it to be. I remember uh, seeing a homeless man begging for bread, begging for, for a loaf of bread that I was fundraising for the ministry. And I remember that, yeah, that's a nice bread. Yeah. You know, laziness in a way of like, must be nice. Instead, I took initiative and actually said, hey, you want it? You can have it. It's to teach you something. Sometimes out there, the lazy man that is in lazy in alcohol or an addiction or trapped some in something or a woman that's in prostitution or heroin, all they're expecting is money. They're expecting that that you can help them with. But let me tell you something. I learned again someone money. If I give that person $20 to go out and get themselves something to eat, how do I not know that if they're going to abuse themselves with it? Then whose blood is that on their hands? My, their, hand, their blood is on my hands because I gave them that money. Instead, I should be encouraging and giving them a different type of help and saying, you know what? Let's go ahead and get you something to eat. Take initiative and don't be lazy. 
And the Holy Spirit, you're walking right by that person and at the sign that says asking for help. Take a time to step out of your time zone and give that time to God to fellowship with that brethren. The person that's lost, that needs Jesus. Has God not been merciful to you and gave you pity? So you also must give pity and help to the others. Give lending hand to the other people. Because God has saved you out of the pits of hell of fire and is forgiving of you of your sins. So you also must be merciful and compassionate towards them. See, the help, when it comes, it comes in so much mysterious ways that you don't even expect. But you should not become like a lazy uh, person that, that complains and nags about the type of help you're getting. You should take thankfulness into that. That God's hand stretches out forward always for you. So don't be like the boy who cried wolf over nagginess. Over complaining situations. It sucks to be that way. And there's so many that are lost like that. So many even in households with family. You got that one son that's always lazy and smoking marijuana. See marijuana brings you to laziness. It's a spirit of laziness. Gluttonous. Devouring off all your household with friends. Bringing other seven spirits in that could be worse upon your household. You need to drive out those spirits in the name of Jesus. Speak life over your kids. Pray to the Lord that when you train the way they should go, it will not depart from them. And that's the way of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so also... Verse 14, as a door that shut, as a door turns on its hinges, so does the lazy man on his bed. I wrote something down and I want to share it. Becoming lazy in so many ways, things is bad for you. Losing, laying in your sin, constantly laying, constantly lazy. Calling for help, but you refuse the help that comes. So you constantly turn back and forth in sinful acts, always as sick in your sin. Like a hospital situation eventually getting worse by the things in the world that is killing you. You end up refusing the medication given to you. I'm going to pause right there. And so... You know, you ever sat in a bed, you're laid in the bed and constantly back and forth moving, back and forth moving, back and forth moving. It's like a you ever seen a pig roll in the mud? They always like like to get themselves dirty. So also the lazy man does in his sin. Wherever he turns, which way, left to right, he's sinning everywhere. Sinning, sinning in his life. Not wanting to grow, not wanting to get fed, refusing medication. Medication is the word of God. It brings life to your soul and restoration. Leaning on God's promises over your life. But so many others, so many that are laying in sin like the door that sets on his hinges, so they also lie in bed. You like sleeping with that satisfaction of death. You like sleeping with the enemy. And this is to all those men who are... Who are Sex addiction, brother. I've been in situations like that, sleeping and slept with the Jezebel herself. And she was a bad, bad spirit. Laying in that sin like a pig in the mud. 
I wish nothing on that upon you, brethren. I really don't wish any of that to happen to you. If you got a life going good for you, do it for the Lord, not for yourself. Because you can easily, you can constantly easily lose yourself, like the lazy man. You can turn to that man very, very quickly. So I pray and I ask that in the name of Jesus that that you're getting this message, that you're understanding what it, what is being truly spoken to you. You know what, what happens for the lazy man? It's like a whip for the horse and a bridle for the donkey and a rod for the fool's back. Why is that? I'm not saying in the physical form. I'm talking about your spiritual meaning. I'm talking about what's it going to take to, to contain you, to wake you up and, and, to, and let you know that what you're doing is very wrong and you're heading towards death. If you become lazy in your sin and you and you're not and you're just enjoying it, it's killing you. Laziness leads to poverty, and poverty leads to death. Think about it. You know, honestly, we all deserve death. We all did, but because of Jesus coming down on the cross, uh, coming down. Uh, to, from heaven to die on the cross to save us and to set us all free from bondage. You got to believe in that. You got to believe in that full in faith that he did that for you. Don't have unbelief. The lazy man has unbelief because he does not believe at all. Why? Because he's sleeping in sin. He's not awake. Many are like that in this world, stuck, lost, hurting, sleeping, not wanting to wake up. It's like the matrix. The one and only is the one that came to set us free. Some live in a virtual reality like it's a movie and it's not. So many out there laying in sin like that. I've been there. I'm not judging. I'm warning out of love for you. Because I've been where you're at and I've been down that road. And I know where it goes and I know where it leads. And I know the consequences. How much it costs. See, sin's like a debit card. Enjoy now and pay later. But you don't want to. You don't want to go down that road. You do not want to. Enjoy sin at all. It's very dangerous. And it hurts others and it hurts you as it hurts you. Plus, most of all, it hurts God to have to see a beautiful soul go to hell because of their free will. God doesn't send anybody blindfolded to hell. It gives you a free will of choice. You either love the one or hate the other. You got to make that choice. It worries him to bring it back to his mouth. The lazy man is wiser in his own eyes than seven men who can answer sensibly. Learning now that one scripture, the lazy man buries his hand in the bowl 
it wearies him to bring it back to his mouth. And the word of God, as I, as I read it, breaking down the scriptures and just getting a lot fed at work and writing down notes, I mean, it stuck out to me the most is, so to those who refuse the word of God daily, becoming lazy, you miss out on everything. The good Lord does. You want to help, but you want help, but you push it back towards God because it's not the kind of help you expected. It wearies daily to take your medicine, which is the word of God. Verse 11. To me, I've been there so many times repeatedly over and over in my sin, vomiting up the things that I want to be set free from. When Jesus came across uh, Mary Magdalene, about to be persecuted for her sin, Christ stepped up on her behalf, debating her case, confronting those who were also in most um, thing is pointed out in the scriptures is sin no more. As a dog that goes back to its own vomit, so a fool that repeats his folly. That's what a lazy man does. You ever had you ever, you ever smoked smoked weed and you just constantly have to have it more. You have to have it more. I remember heroin at addiction affecting me badly, where I wanted that next fix, and I vomited it up. So I would never understand what what was so good about shooting up heroin in your veins and then having to throw up after. So those who become like this scripture says in 11 as a dog returns to its own to its own vomit so a fool repeats his folly it's like a dog that chases its tail constantly over and over it's like a cycle relapse 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 and addiction could be anything it doesn't have to be by drugs it could be sex addiction porn addiction it could be any other type of addiction and you cannot get yourself free from it. But Jesus can free you. He did that on the cross. And he set you free. Rose the third day as he promised. And is coming back for you. So stay, so stay strapped in the word of God. Because the enemy knows it. And if you're not strapped in the word of God daily. Ready to lock and load. And, and fight against the principalities of darkness. And the rulers of, of this age. And the wickedness that are in high places. Let me tell you something. Hell is no joke. Hell is real. Hell is a place you don't want to go. But think of the consequences where you can take you. Because you want to say, it's my body. It's my free will. I do what I want. So that kind of talk and tone that you do. Think of the consequence what it can bring you. But Jesus don't want you to go that route. God doesn't send people to hell blindfolded. But he gives you the free will to choose so. But the question is, what are you going to choose? And you see, in verse 18, 19, like a madman who throws firebrands, arrows, and death is the man who deceives his neighbor and says, I was only joking. Now that's a bad one. Very bad. 
I've seen a, a lot of situations like that. When you're still sinning over, it doesn't benefit you anything good. Plus, you desire for something better, but you can't find it until you encounter Christ in your life. To set you free and sin no more. Nor does he accuse you, but breaks the chains in your life. Verse 17, there's another situation. I'll go over all the 17, 18, and 19. So it says in 17, he who passes by a metal and meddles in a quarrel not his own is like one who takes a dog by the ears. So those who like to get into the gossip, get into those problems in those situations, and that are not your situations to be in, let me tell you the result, what happens. It's like one who takes a dog by the ears. What happens when you grab a dog by the ears? You get bit, right? Indeed you do. So for those who like to gossip and those who like to get into those situations out of love, I warn you this. Think of the consequences when you get involved. You could easily lose your life. You could end up in the hospital. Just because you want to know what goes on. You counting other people's sins doesn't make you right with God. You need to get yourself right with Jesus. Get yourself right with God. Man. I remember working in and working for in the workforce at, at my jobs. I remember working I around people that like to gossip about other people. It's a disease. And you meddle in a quarrel. A quarrel is a, a confrontation situation, of a situation where it could be people, two people pointing guns at each other, and here you all want to get in the middle of it, and then bam, someone gets shot. And it's you. Or you over trying to break up a fight and then you get stabbed because you just wanted to try to help. Be careful. But this is for the ones who like to get up in those problems. Not their own. And eventually that person comes and pops you right in your mouth. And then you get mad. Why? You shouldn't get mad. Because it was your fault. But learn from it. Learn from the situation. Give your life to Jesus. He's waiting for you. He wants to save you. And he wants to fill your heart with love of his love and the Holy Spirit. Like I said in 1819, like a mad man who, throw, who throws firebrands, arrows, and death is the man who deceives his neighbor and says, I was only joking. I've seen the situation at a skate park when the skate park here in Jerome Ido first opened when Tony Hawk came to, to spawn to show the, the new grand opening for it. The very first time the skate park was open, there was a boy that went over viral all over the news. And that little boy was bullied in the park. All these kids tell him to go kill himself. And that one little boy went and hung himself. And for you to say, I was only joking. Man, it's better to watch your tongue. Bridle your tongue. 
because you don't know the damage you do upon that soul. And that blood be on your hands. Even when you can wash and clean physically your hands and say, I'm clean, I'm pure from my sin. But who can say that they're clean and pure from sin? There's not one person that can say that. For we all have sinned. And we have all fallen short of the glory of God. We're not better than anybody. Even a, I'm a Christian, I'm a believer, yes. But I'm an imperfect person loved by a perfect God. So are you. And that's what we have in common. That the Lord is the maker of us all. You cannot deny that. You cannot run from that. You can try to hide from that. But God sees you. And he loves you. I've been in so many situations where God saw me. I remember struggling to get my next fix. And I heard the Holy Spirit through, the, through my ear tell me, I'm watching you. Pump me with a fear that I feared before God and said, man, I better throw these drugs away and get rid of it. And it started to expose my sin, but it was for the greater good over my life. So also the ones who want to say I was only joking, you weren't joking in your heart. The heart is deceitful above all things. Above all else. You could try to say something with your lips, but your heart's speaking different. You're speaking death. It's like for those who live by the sword shall die by the sword. If you want to be that one thug with that one strap, let me tell you, I've been there. You kill him, you kill you. That's how it goes. And I'm not sorry to tell you that. But if you're living that way, I pray for you. I pray for all those who, who are struggling with a situation or a problem. And for those who are being oppressed, I pray for you. And I let the Lord Jesus Christ be your strength and your weakness. God's In the word of God in, in Corinthians, Paul mentions through that there was a thorn given. There's a thorn given to him in the flesh. And the messenger of Satan was sent to Paul. Like to devour his flesh like a buffet. Be careful. What you speak and what you say to somebody. Because you don't know the hell condemnation you put on yourself when you start talking like that. Or you are who you hang with when you hang around with them people, man. People get mad at all you people. Well, those kind of types that you're hanging around with, it's going to get you caught up and it's going to get you killed. And it's going to get worse upon you. I'm not judging you. This is not judgment. This is loving you and warning you. Because I love you. I'd rather tell you the truth than a lie. Lies dig deeper in a pit that you fall into it. Better to have the truth and receive the truth and nothing but the truth. So that's all as much as I covered for today. And I just want to let you know. If you're struggling sin, if you're struggling, you need help. And you really need, you really need true help. And you want to be set free from your bondage and your sin. I want to tell you, call upon the Lord, call upon the name of Jesus, wherever you're at. Hit the knees if you have to, walk, walk, take a walk or somewhere and talk to Jesus. Let him know how much you're struggling, how much you need him. If you don't know him, confess that. First John 1 John 1.9 even says, confess your sins to God, for he's justful enough to forgive of your sins. But you got to be the one. The pastor can't do it for you. The person next to you can't do it for you. 
but you got to do it. I encourage you. Put your hands up in the air and just give God glory and praise and honor. And for the ones who have been set free, continue to run your race. Continue to run your race and don't give up. We all have fallen short. But the greatest thing is getting back up and running that race. Don't become like a lazy person. Don't lay in your sin. Black a door that shuts on its hinges. Don't become like that boy who cries wolf. But when help comes, then you want to act different. Let the Lord examine your heart. If you can't do it, ask him to. Give your heart to Jesus. Give your life to Jesus. He'll save you. Let's go ahead and bow our heads and we're going to go ahead and pray. Father God, I come before you right now in the mighty name of Jesus. I pray, Father God, and I thank you, Father God. I thank you for this ministry that we just had today, God. Thank you for this service, Father God. And whoever is listening, Father God, I wish nothing but the great and the best for them, God. That Holy Spirit, you touch their hearts right now where they're at, God. Set them free from their bondage of sin, God. They can come to your word and read it, read the scriptures for themselves, God. Father God, let it be. Let your will be done upon their souls, God. Because they love you, God. I know the heart needs you. It's sick and it can't be without you. And I pray for those who are lost, who are hurting in their addiction, God, screaming for help in their head. It's like a, it's like a disease, God, and, and it's begging for, for help. Father God, send your humble servants that are willing to go the second mile to help them. To stretch a hand out forward, to pull them out of the fire that they're burning in. I wish nothing but the greatest thing upon them, God, which is you, Jesus, who have you set free for all sin. That you paid the price on the cross for it. And then you set us free from it. So I pray for them God. Set them free God. Let them believe upon you truly. But I pray that they give up their free will of sin. And start giving into you. And accepting you into their hearts. Into their lives God. And I wish nothing but the best for them God. Concerning in my heart for them God. And I pray. Touch their lives. Heal their pain. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen.